good morning. It's good to see you. Glad you guys are here. I, I like that high five action going on over there. What's a little more of that? I like that. Um, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. Those joining us online, we're glad you're here. If you happen to be a first timer or uh, checking us out after a while, I'm Shannon. I get to be the lead pastor here. What a privilege that is. And um, hey, I'm going to be hanging out over here after the end of the service. I'd love to meet you if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet because I um, don't always get to do that and make that connection. So I'd love to. Um, uh, to meet you. So we are in this series called Eight Traits of a Disciple. And so what we've been doing is going through different traits that we find from the book of Acts that we see as traits of someone who says, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's what a disciple is, someone who's following after Jesus. And we gave a definition for a disciple in the very first week. We've used this every week. We tried to make it super simple. And it's very basic in that we say a disciple of Jesus is someone who listens and then they learn, and then they act on what they've learned. And so you look back and see how the disciples listened to Jesus, and they learned from him, and then they started to put that into action, which is why we have the book that's called Acts, because they are acting out what they have learned and listened, and they continue to learn, we continue to listen, because none of us ever arrive, in case you didn't know that, by the way. So um, if you missed the other weeks, I encourage you to go and check them out online or on our podcast. Uh, but today we're jumping into the sixth trait of a disciple. And this trait is to be missional. That a disciple is someone who is missional. Okay? So when you think about it, think of it like this. The end goal to, to be, uh, is for us to be people who are missional as a disciple of Jesus and not just a, a disciple of the church. Right? Last week we talked about mentoring and about pouring into people and, and being poured into. And it's been really cool to see how I've tried to help people just on my end, like helping people connect this week and be mentored and to start mentoring. I know some of you are having those conversations and you're praying about that and I hope you continue. Um, but what we don't want to do is like when we disciple people or mentor people, pour into them is just go, hey, let's, let me help you be a really good churchgoer. Let me help you be really good about being a part of the church. No, no. We want to be people who are, who are disciples of Jesus, and then that comes alive in the church. Instead of just going, how can you be a really, how can you uh, look the part of being a good Christian? Does that make sense? Right? So we want, to, we want to be people who are missional. We are very intentional. Right? We want our focus of discipleship not to be just to go, okay, let's, let's pour into people so they, are, they can function well within the church. Right? So they know all the rules or whatever. No, no, we want people who pursue like passionately the mission of Jesus, which begs the question. And this is where we're going to start today. We're going to be in a couple of places. We're going to start in Luke chapter 4. And I know this is a study of book of Acts, right? So we're going to start in Luke 4, very important verse. And then we're going to look at a verse in uh, Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 6. And then I'm going to mention a whole bunch of references of some other verses in Acts. So if you're a note taker, today is your day. Make sure you write these down. Check them out later. Okay, we're going to start in Luke 4. But here's the question. So if, if we're going to be people who are going, all right, I want to be missional, and I want to be like doing God's mission and not like just another side mission, like, you know, something that's really not, like, how do I, how do I know this? Well, what's the mission of Jesus? He tells us. We actually get this information. It's so important for today's message. When Jesus began his ministry, what he did is he boldly stood up in, in synagogue, right, during the worship, 
he unrolls the, the scriptures and he reads from the prophet Isaiah. And we know this because one of the disciples, Luke, recorded this. And so we go in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, and we find out what the mission is. What was the mission that Jesus was pursuing? Because if we're followers of Jesus, we want to be disciples of Jesus, then we need to know his mission. And here's what Jesus says. His mission was, well, first of all, he declares that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. And then he says his mission is to bring good news to the poor. That's his mission. Good news to the poor. To proclaim that captives will be released. They'll be set free. Then he also says that he, his mission is to, uh, that, that the blind will see, where they couldn't see before they will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. This is the mission that Jesus declares, quoting the prophet Isaiah. This is the mission of Jesus. Now, we can take this just at its, like, literal, just right there off the page and go, yes. And if you, you read the Bible, if you've, if you've looked in, in the Gospels and other places, you see uh, stories and examples where Jesus has done these things. Um, where people have been set free and blind have seen and, and the pre oppressed are set free. And, and you see these things start to happen. But I want us to consider something else, and it might be, uh, I think it's just worth considering, okay? There's more to being poor than just not having enough resources, right? There's more to that. There's, there's more to that definition than just not having enough money. There's more to being poor than that. There's more to being a captive than just being in a prison cell or unable to escape. There's more to that. There's more to being blind than, than just our, our eyes not working, right? There's more to being oppressed than, you know, having like a tyrant or someone, you know, like overlording us and not allowing us our, our freedom to live. There's more to that because, see, a person could have all the resources in the world, everything they ever need, and they could have all the freedom they want. And they could have the eyes to see and, and the power to make all the decisions they want, which, in case you're not picking up on this, this describes pretty much all of us. We could have all of those things and still be in need of a Savior. A person could be poor and captive and blind and oppressed in their soul, in their spirit, in their mind, in their past. And they need a savior. I think most of us, we know this is true. About once a week, this seems to come across my newsfeed in some way, shape, or form, like as a post or something. I'm not going to say it exact because it's a little bit different every time. But something to the effect of, um, you know, be kind to other people because you have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea the battles they face. You guys know what I'm talking about? You've seen these? And it's true. Like, I'm not... Not, that is so true. Like there's, there's something that's, that could be going on. People who from the outside, right, they don't, they don't look impoverished. They don't, they don't look like they, they, they dress fine. They, they're how, you know, everything looks good. But they are poor in their spirit. Poor. Empty. Nothing. 
People who look strong and healthy, and, and yet they're weak. Like maybe morally there is weakness there, or, or emotionally there is a weakness there. There are people who seem to be very happy and fulfilled, and yet they're, they're hurting, like they're feeling that hurt or they're feeling that rejection. And here's what I want us to note about this, okay? Because Jesus came, Jesus' mission, and we're talking about being missional today. This is why this Luke 4, 18 is really important for us to, to grab a hold of. Jesus' mission was to bring healing to all of this. Right? It wasn't just for those who were literally blind to now have their eyes to be able to work and see, but for those who couldn't see the truth. But now those, those, those blinders have been removed. It wasn't just to, to, help, bring, to, to help those who, who uh, were unable to help themselves, but it was to help those who were unable to help themselves. Not just on the surface, but deep down below. Jesus' mission was to bring healing to all of this. And so when you look at what, what Christ did, he, he not only preached good news with his words, he, he did speak the words, but he powerfully demonstrated through his actions. Because this is what he came to do. I'm going to fall very, very short in what I'm about to ask you to do with me, but we're going to try. Contemplate with me, if you will, for a moment. Jesus' presence, like his physical presence on earth, right? When he, fully God, fully man, the incarnation, right, of, of righteousness and peace, of God's wholeness and goodness and all that he encompasses. Imagine his holy presence now here on earth. Because see, before it was broken, it was broken. There was separation. There was God and there was humanity. And because of sin, we were separated. We were apart. And Jesus comes in his presence, spiritually, physically, every way. And he comes to fill in that separation and bring it to completion. This is what Jesus has come to do. That's his mission. And so when we look at, at Luke 4, we see that's the mission. What Jesus is declaring, those are healing things. Those are things that are going to help reconcile us back to God, where we were separated before. Why are we, why are we poor in our spirit? Because we're separated from God. Why are we blind to see the truth? Because we're separated from God. Why do we feel like we're in a prison cell even though we're not? Because we're separated from God. And Jesus comes to complete this, to bring healing to this, to bring possibility to all of this. This is what he does. He puts into right relationship all that he was a part of creating in the beginning where there was brokenness. So Jesus comes to usher in the kingdom of righteousness and peace and to bring this and this is something he has begun. And now hold on. Are you ready? He wants us to be part of this. If, if you've said yes to him, he actually wants you to be a part of this reconciliation. He wants you to be a part of helping to usher in the kingdom of God. He's going to complete the work. But for those who follow him, we're a part of this. 
He wants us to play a part in this. So we're talking about the traits of a disciple. We need to be missional the way Jesus was missional. He had a mission. And we should, we want to, we should know this. We should understand this. We should apply this. We should walk this out. We need understanding to this. This is what we need. You know how, um, so, you know, football season started, <laughs> duh, uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, we have, like, our limited, like, cable package, you know, of what we watch, or not cable, dish, whatever, and um, it's like, oh, we're missing some games, so I went in, you know, I did, added on, added on some channels, and uh, we pay a little bit extra a month, and then when football season's over, we'll, I'll go in and take that off, and that's cool, and everything's great. You guys, being a missional disciple is not an optional add-on. Like if, if you're going, I, I'm, I follow Jesus. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you because I was broken and blind and oppressed and all those things. My spirit poor, ooh, poor. But thank you, God, that you've, you've come in and you have filled that and I am living in that. You don't get to go, eh, but I don't know if I want to do the missional part. This is not an optional add-on that you pay like $7.99 more a month. This is like, this is who we are. This is who Jesus is. So then this should be who we are, as we should be missional. And Jesus tells us what the mission is in Luke 4, 18. Right? We can, we can have lots of knowledge. There's nothing wrong with knowledge at all. But if, if all we do is, if we're like pursuing knowledge for the sake of knowledge, like if we're listening to every podcast we can, if we're studying, studying all the languages, you know, let's get the Hebrew and the Greek down, maybe throw in some Latin just for fun, and let's do all this, and let's read all the things and do all that. And if we're just getting knowledge for the sake of knowledge, but, but we should be people who are pursuing faith that has a missional aspect to it, like Jesus. Or we, don't want, we don't want faith without works. Jesus' own brother James said, oh, no, that's dead. That is a dead religion. Don't just pursue understanding. Don't, don't, don't pursue knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Pursue understanding so that you can live that out. Missional, like Jesus. Now, I, we're going to look at uh, what I see in, um, in Acts some examples of, of missional disciples like or some, some things we see. This is why we are missional. I'm going to look at those in a moment. But I, I want to tell you this up front because, um, you know, we've had action steps every week, right? And my first instinct, like back in mid-late July um, into early August as we were working on this series, my very first instinct, like just immediate response was, oh, we're going to talk about being a missional disciple that week. So we're going to have, we're going to plan something like the Saturday before or the Saturday after, and we're going to have like a church mission day. We're going to either come to the church and do something, or we're going to go out and do something in our community, which is totally fine and awesome. But I decided not to, <laughs> because, and some of you are going, oh good, um, because um, we're not going to go that route. We talk about being missional because it just makes it too easy. It makes it too easy, and here's, here's what I mean by that. It makes it too easy to assume 
Okay, this, this might hurt a little bit. Hey, we're having a big church work day. Everyone come out. And so we go, oh, everyone else is going, so I don't have to. I don't need to commit because everyone else will be there. A bunch of other people are going to go, so I don't have to. Cool. It also makes it too easy because, and this is the one that really, this one kind of hurts me a little bit, right? Because I'm a, I'm a list maker. I'm a check the things off the list person, anyone else like that, right? This is why I didn't want us to do that because it makes it too easy for us to let an activity on the calendar on a certain day uh, allow us to just check off that box of, okay, I was missional, makes it too easy. And I, I didn't want us to do that. I want Luke 4.18 to sit with us. I want us to understand the mission of Jesus. And if we are a follower of Jesus, how are we living out what Jesus said his mission was? Now, we'll probably have a church work day in like, you know, somewhere down the road. And I'd love for you to be a part of that, okay? Be like, no, Shannon, it's too easy for me. I'm not going to do that. And I want you to do that too. But see, a missional, here's what, a missional disciple of Jesus, okay, remember what he said. I would say a missional disciple of Jesus then is someone who is going, okay, who are the, who are the poor? Who are the, who are the captive? Who are the, who are the blind? Who are the oppressed? In whatever ways that looks like, right? Because it could go a lot deeper than what just the words say on the page. Who are these people? Where are these people? And how can I bring... Um, nourishment? How can I bring resources? How can I bring freedom? How can I bring sight? How can I bring hope in the name of Jesus to these people that Jesus says he came to bring freedom to? And here's, this list could be exhaustive, but I, I gave a couple of examples. Because when, if we say, all right, the mission of Jesus is to do this, to bring sight and hope and promise and freedom and all these. This is, okay, and I want to do this. Like, I, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I want to do this too. Here's where that happens. That happens in the grocery store. When you scoot down aisle four and there's that person. Right? This happens in office cubicles where you're shuffling papers all day long and you're on the computer all day long. This is where this happens. This is where the blind and the oppressed and the broken and the hurting are. This happens at kids' ball games on those really uncomfortable bleachers when you stand up, your butt's asleep, right? I don't know why I threw that in there, just to see if you're listening. This happens in, in text messages. This happens over lunch. It happens over coffee. Where are the blind? Where are the poor? Where are the broken? Where are the imprisoned? Where are those who are lost and hurting? The ones that Jesus said that he came to bring freedom to and hope to and promise to. Where are they? Because that's his mission and I want that to be my mission. Where are these people? They're in waiting rooms when you're waiting and they're waiting too. It, th this is, they're, they're at the gas pump. This is where this is happening. It does, th these are in your community group. Maybe people you're just getting to know. This is when you're out walking in your neighborhood or when you're working out or in the classrooms where you sit or stand and you teach or you learn. This happens on long flights next to that person. So many examples. Endless examples could be given for the work 
the opportunity that a missional disciple of Jesus has. So we don't have a planned event for us to check off in our action steps for being missional. The expectation, see, the, the expectation might be for the church to have a mission. Let's have a mission. Let's have a mission statement. We have a mission statement. Let's have a mission. But the better expectation is for us to embrace the fact that God's mission has a church. us. The mission's already set. And he has us. He has his disciples. He has his followers. He has us. And he wants to be a part of that mission. God's mission has a church. See, the work of God is to draw people into himself through Jesus. And in that, their lives are transformed. And then we we get sent out as part of this work. So here's a couple of examples I find in the book of Acts. Because if you're, like, if, if, if you're anything like me, and I'm such like a, a pessimist, doubter, you know, look at the other side kind of person sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying, self. I, but like, how many of us go, you know what, you talk about at the office and here and there and everywhere, but like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to start to have that conversation. I mean, Jesus had a mission, and he's Jesus, but it's just me, and I don't even, I get that. Like, and we kind of put that up as an excuse or as an argument or like we don't really know. But I want you to look, notice something. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we find this, that disciples of Jesus are Holy Spirit empowered. Not self-empowered. Not self-empowered. They are Holy Spirit empowered. Why did transformation happen? Why did the church explode? Why did all this happen? Because the disciples had a lot of self-confidence and they really, you know, tried hard. No, 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 because they were Holy Spirit empowered. Jesus himself said, but you, disciples, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's like, yes, you have work for me to do. The Holy Spirit's going to give you power to do it. And you will be my witnesses. Not possibly, maybe so. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. I just listed some of those everywheres. And he says, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as an exclamation point to that, just so we know, you know, go back and read it. But after the disciples were empowered by the Holy Spirit, we know at least 3,000 people, boom, said yes to Jesus the first time they spoke with that power. 3,000 people. So a missional disciple is Holy Spirit empowered. We don't have to figure this out on our own, okay? God empowers us by his Holy Spirit. Right? So that's like when you're, when you're sitting at your desk, when you're at the gas pump, when you're in the classroom, when you're at the lunch, when you're on the flight, whatever, and you get that nudge from the Holy Spirit. Respond to that. He's empowering you for that. 
How often do we go, oh, no, that's, that's weird. I don't know why I thought that. Like, why did I think I needed to pray for that person? I, mean, I think our minds would be blown the next time we're standing there putting gas in our car, just standing there, you know, going, y'all know how to mute the little ads that come on? It's like the third button on. Okay, so there's a button you can mute, so go look that up. But anyway, so turn that off so you don't have to hear that. And then go, God, do you want me to do it? Like, imagine if the Holy Spirit said, ask that lady on the other side if you can pray for her. Because you know what? There are people who don't look impoverished. They don't look like they're in prison. They don't look like they're being oppressed, and they don't look blind. But they are. God wants to set them free. he wants to empower you to be a part of that work. So, a missional disciple is Holy Spirit empowered. Another thing that I find, and this is where I'm just, I'm going to give you a lot of references and acts. I encourage you to write these down, or you can go back and listen to it online later to look these up. But another aspect we see of a missional disciple is that they are prayerful, right? This is not like guesswork. These people are intentionally prayerful. The disciples are prayerful. In, in Acts 4, um, the, the disciples prayed for boldness after Peter and John, they're dragged before the authorities. They're about to get in a lot of trouble because they're speaking the gospel. They prayed. In Acts chapter 6, they prayed because they need to choose leadership for the church because the church is growing. In Acts chapter 12, the church is gathering in homes and they are praying and they are praying and they are praying because God is working. And they're like, we need you, God. We do not want to do this on our own. In Acts 13, they prayed and they fasted before they sent out Barnabas and Paul that we talked about last week before they went out on their mission to help the church in Antioch. In uh, Acts 16, they were in prison. They were in prison and they prayed in prison. And it was a tremendous witnessing opportunity. In Acts 20, they, Paul prayed before he left the Ephesian church because he wanted them to be built up. In Acts 21, they prayed over and over again as they were on their journeys. In Acts 28, oh, the miracles they performed were empowered by prayer. Missional disciples are prayerful. It is not forgotten. They know where their dependence is on the Lord. There's no way you can read the book of Acts and separate what the disciples of Jesus did and prayer. You can't. There's no separation. So a missional disciple is Holy Spirit empowered. That's good news for those of us that are a little bit concerned about how am I going to be able to do this. And they're also prayerful. And then the third thing that I notice in, in here, and we see in Acts chapter 6, and we've mentioned this before, but that a missional disciple is someone who's a multiplier. Like, they don't just see the, themselves as like the end, like all this stuff is just for me to understand. Like, no, this is a multiplication thing. This, is, this continues on and on and on, and that we're a part of it. See, when Jesus delivers the Great Commission, he makes it very clear that the church is to go into the whole world, to go out and do that. And, and during the church's birth, we see this happen. 
duplication and multiplication all the time. Acts 6 verse 7. So God's message continued to spread and the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Which is huge. So, Holy Spirit empowered, prayerful, and we're about multiplication. It's not doesn't end with us. So, I said we mentioned action steps, but we're not doing the whole mission thing. Here are our action steps. And it's very similar to what we, uh, well, it's what we see the disciples doing all throughout Acts. Okay? We're going to pray. We're going to read. We're going to pray. We're going to plan, and we're going to pray. That's what I would say is an action step. If you want to be a missional disciple, which is not optional, by the way, um, pray, read, pray, plan, pray. Pray like the disciples did as you prepare and expect to hear from God. God, I expect to hear from you. I am your disciple. I am following you. You have changed my life. I know I'm a part of this story, that there is more for me to do. God, I open my eyes. Let me see, Lord. I want to I be in your word. You know, inspire me, God, by that. I'm going to read your word. Pray, pray, pray. And then, like I said, read. If you don't even, like, start with Luke 4.18. Jesus' mission is there to bring good news to the poor, proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. Read that. Like, pray, read, and then pray again. God, who are the people? Give me a name. Show me who. And then start to plan. Okay, I want to have this conversation. Maybe I need to ask this person to lunch. Maybe, I, you know, God, what do you want me to do? You know, make, make plans, but then be ready for them to change. Holy Spirit empowered, and he might change our plans. And then pray as you go about what you're doing. And I I know this. I'll ask the band to go ahead and come back out as we kind of wrap up here. But listen, goodness gracious, I think about this, and I was praying this at the 930 service. It would be so easy to go, man, I'm so glad that there's nothing that I have to do. I can't can't help you with that. But if you sense, even in the smallest way, that God's Holy Spirit is saying, don't sit still anymore. Don't be quiet anymore. Don't be afraid anymore. Don't be afraid to share what you know, to share what you have experienced. Stop disqualifying yourself. If you sense that, if you're sitting here and, and like you're, you're thinking of people and circumstances where you know that you can be a missional disciple empowered by the Holy Spirit to be used in whatever way God wants to right now. Oh, you're right where he wants you. Your job is not to save people. It's your opportunity 
is to be the holy presence of God in people's lives. Wow. The missional disciple. So God, by your Holy Spirit, would you work in us right now? God, would you, would you uh, fill us up with an understanding of, first of all, how much you have reconciled us to the great lengths in which you've gone to to bring us back. In the deepest pit, in the darkest places, you have rescued us. You have brought us hope. You have forgiven our sin that weighed us down. You have brought us life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We want to be about this mission. The mission that Jesus has been on that, that saved me is the same mission I want to be on. I want to do my part. Lord, and so whatever way you desire, I, I, I surrender to you right now and I say, I'm going to be available to you. to the captives and the oppressed and the riches of all that you have to the poor and I want to be a missional disciple and I pray this in Jesus name